Welcome to Not the Expert, where a man who understands nothing talks with experts who know way more than him. It's your source for sounding smarter than you actually are. Not the Expert Podcast with Sean Hudson. I'm not the expert. You can call me Hudson today. I'm joined by Casey Herman. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Casey, you're an expert when it comes to storm chasing because, well, first of all, you have a Bachelor of Science in Meteorology with a focus on forecasting and broadcast. You're on the Penn State University Storm Chase team. You attended and graduated Skywarn training. It's something that the National Weather Service provides. You went on a storm chasing trip with your team, chased and saw a tornado in Oklahoma, and now you're on television as a broadcast meteorologist. Yeah, that's right. I went to Penn State University and we were on the storm chase team. We did go on a storm chasing trip a few years ago. So we're going to kind of dive into everything that goes along with storm chasing and kind of like the why do we still do it? But first, if you want to stay up to date with everything having to do with Not The Expert Podcast and join the conversation yourself, you can search Not The Expert Podcast on Facebook and on SoundCloud. It isn't your father's podcast, but it's your mom's favorite host. Not the expert with Hudson. So, Casey, I guess in a very like basic way, what essentially is storm chasing? Well, storm chasing is something that people do in search of severe weather events. So, most commonly, you know, you see on TV people chasing tornadoes, and commonly as well, people chase hurricanes. It's just something people do, you know, to get more information about storms. They like to get pictures either for getting them for broadcast, selling them, or just for oneself. I mean, people do this out of hobby for the thrill of it. I mean, people just like, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's just like crazy when you're in this situation. And, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, curious about the weather. I mean, it's the things that it does is amazing, and it happens so fast. So a lot of people just don't really understand what weather does until you see it in this situation. So you kind of spoke on, like, all the reasons to chase a storm, like hobby, which to me is crazy. I, I would never do that myself. I think when people think about storm chasing, naturally you think about scientists. What is something a scientist hopes to learn from storm chasing? Because for me... I think, okay, yeah, storms have been around since forever. Haven't we learned everything there is to learn about storms? I mean, weather is just so crazy and unpredictable when it does something different almost every time it happens. No tornadoes are alike. So every time we go out there to uh, chase these storms, I mean, we're studying the pressure, the humidity, all the winds and the air temperatures, how they all come together to produce this actual phenomenon. So either if it's a tornado or the hurricane, our main goal as meteorologists is how they form and how they move. So we ultimately, you know, want to save your life and be able to, you know, as broadcast meteorologists, I mean, we have to go on TV if we see any of this situation panning out. We have to go on and tell you what's happening. So that kind of goes with what you're saying about saving people's lives, potentially. There was a poll on the Facebook page, not the expert podcast, hashtag NTE storm. If a major storm hit your house tonight, would you be prepared? 77% of people who participated in this survey said no. It's the point to where Sarah from Michigan said, I'm prepared with a fair amount of alcohol. I think, first of all, drinking during storms seems to almost become like an American pastime. I'm not sure why that is. But second... You are, in a way, providing a very real public service. 
like you said, um, <laughs> if we're talking about winter storms or maybe a hurricane, you're right, winter. I mean, drinking does seem like one of those things that people tend to do in this situation. I mean, especially in college, but yeah, I mean, tornadoes are like completely different. I mean, you really don't know what you would do until it happens to you, and it's pretty crazy. I mean, it could be five miles down the street, and then the next minute it's like in your backyard. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say how exactly you get prepared for this other than listening to what we're telling you on TV or, you know, on Facebook or online or Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, it is definitely a, you know, a public service that we're trying to do to ultimately save lives. So now if you can kind of walk me through when you're going storm chasing for like, what equipment do you use? Do you go by yourself? Is it a team? Do people have different responsibilities? If it is a team, can you walk me through that? You're really not recommended to go by yourself. It's, you know, completely dangerous. And the more experience that you have in one car, the better. When we went on our storm chasing trip, we had so much technology, you know, computers, our phones, we have Wi-Fi in the car so we would be able to access, you know, weather maps and radar at all times. I mean, we had, I think, at least 10 other people on this trip, so we had a lot of experience. Uh, we had three cars, and in each car we had walkie-talkies. I mean, cell service in some of these towns isn't the best. So, you know, having walkie-talkies in the cars to talk to each other and kind of just form a plan of where you're going is probably the best idea. But you should also have paper maps because even though we have Wi-Fi, you never know if, if it's going to stop working. But obviously you need your cell phones, probably a working radio. I mean, a lot of times you do have those people that are trying to give you the information on the radio as well as TV. So that's definitely something you need. And then, you know, if you're doing this, uh, you definitely want to see what's happening. So having like a dash cam video camera is really cool. You get to see the basically the, the storm transpire before you when you go back and watch it. I hope I don't trigger you with this next question. The 1996 movie Twister. That's what I think of when I think of storm chasing. I don't know if that's like a sin to meteorologists and storm chasers. Be brutally honest, how accurate of a picture does that movie paint of what storm chasing is really like? <laughs> well, it's funny because so many people that got into meteorology in my program at Penn State got into meteorology because of the movie Twister. So that's pretty cool in itself. But when we talk about that inaccuracies, there is a bunch of them. And I actually kind of looked them up because it's so funny. There's literally a web page that shows maybe like 200 like comparisons between what happened in the movie or what really happened but it's kind of funny so starting off the movie was made in 1996 but when it starts it says that it takes place in 1969 but the Fujita scale so this is what we determine the strength of the tornadoes wasn't actually even introduced until 1971 it's actually um the now it's the enhanced Fujita scale that took over in 2006 but like I said, that didn't even come into effect till 1971. So that's like right off the bat, the first inaccuracy. Some other cool things, though, is Dorothy, which is shown in the movie, which they kind of throw into the tornado, which they try to get readings off of. Yeah, that's the R2-D2 looking thing, right? <laughs> yes, which they try, you know, so many times to try to get it in the right spot. 
so that the tornado could pick it up and get readings off of it. Well, this is based on a instrument called TODO, and it's actually developed by the National Oceanic Association to measure winds inside the tornado. So that is kind of pretty much right on par with what we do. But they do talk a lot in the movie, like, hey, that's an F2 or F3. So first of all, like I said, the Fujita scale was not even introduced at that point. But there is actually no way to, to determine the strength of a tornado by just looking at it. Like, you can't just see a tornado on TV and say, hey, that's an F2 or that's an F4. There's no way to determine the strength of a tornado until you look after it. So the National Weather Service like will go in the path of the tornado after it happens to you know see what kind of damage it did and then they will determine the strength of it. So that's kind of a, a big a big one for me, I think. I think it's cool too. I mean in the movie it does show that Houses and cars can be easily picked off the ground by tornadoes, which is 100% true. I mean, I've seen a tornado in person, and just to see, like, the things that it does is insane. Actually, when we were on our storm chasing trip, we had to leave our car behind because we got stuck. And then when we went back, we basically had no car because the tornado picked it up and completely tore the car. So I guess despite some plot holes and some clear, like, inaccuracies, the movie's not, in, like, 100% inaccurate. It does get some things right. Sure, it does get some things right, and not going into all the details. I mean, it talks about, you know, meteorological jargon a lot, and a lot of times when they talk about that stuff, it's it's not right. But that stuff's just way too complicated to get into. But like you said, I mean, yeah, it's not completely accurate but it's not also completely inaccurate can you describe for me switching gears a little bit the adrenaline rush that comes with being in the proximity of something that is so powerful like a tornado honestly it's kind of hard to describe like when i got back from my storm chase trip and you know everyone wants to ask you questions about it like oh my goodness you saw a tornado like what was that like honestly like I don't really remember a lot of it. I think I may have blacked out at one point because, like I said, we had to, you know, ditch our car. So it was kind of like a fight or flight situation. That is not typical. I mean, you don't want that to happen, but it's incredible. I mean, just to see it happen, like the sky turn dark or... You know, maybe seeing the hail clear part of the storm. I remember at one point we were at a gas station, the tornado sirens were going off, but then we looked and realized that we were going to be in the hail core, which is, uh, you know, a certain point area where the tornado would hit. Uh, it would be like the outskirts of the tornado of where the hail core would be. So that would be where you get the most damage. And we just had to get out of there so fast because obviously we didn't want any damage to our cars. But I mean, the adrenaline rush is crazy. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I mean, I've never been skydiving, but I kind of feel like it's something <laughs> towards that or maybe, you know, a roller coaster. It's just, it's insane, actually. Casey, can you kind of describe what it's like to have a passion for meteorology, weather, storm chasing? Because while you are passionate about it, and I'm sure you think it's cool is probably a really dumbed down way to say it, at the end of the day, tornadoes and storms are capable of causing 
catastrophic damage. So it's almost like a catch-22. Uh, yeah, that's like the perfect way to describe it. I mean, I'm always that person who's glued to the TV. I mean, at least I was before I was in TV. But I mean, like when I was a kid and I got into meteorology, you know, my eyes were glued to the Weather Channel about 24-7 when anything big was happening, you know tornado outbreak or a hurricane coming in or even you know the simplest winter storm or nor'easter coming in like my eyes were glued to it and at that point in my life I wasn't really thinking about what it does to people but then you know when I got into college and obviously learned more about it and you know finally grew up and realized that yeah this thing is really cool but it caused The views and opinions expressed by guests in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the host and not the expert podcast. Like I said, I mean, you get to basically see people's lives destroyed. So, I mean, I don't know really how to describe it. I did always kind of want to get into, before I got into TV, I wanted to, you know, go out and after the effects of, you know, a tornado outbreak or a hurricane go to these places and help these people out. I mean, or, you know, as a meteorological standpoint, study them and how do we figure out, you know, better to forecast them? Because ultimately, the more we study them, the better we can forecast them and the more lives we can save in the future. Casey, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you. Storm chasing, it's one of those things. I feel like we could talk about it all day. I could read a million books, watch a hundred documentaries. Until I experience it firsthand, I probably won't truly understand it. But before you head off, is there anything you want to add? Well, yeah, I do want to say that, I mean, no matter how many classes that I took in college as a meteorology student, you're right. I mean, you really don't, you know, get the full effects until you're out there in the field experiencing this. But I do want to say, I mean, some people think it's really cool, and it is, but if you want to get into storm chasing, you definitely need to get some experience before you get out there in the field. I mean either taking a Skywarn training class from the National Weather Service or, you know, maybe just taking some of my basic introductory meteorology classes. But you definitely need to have some experience. I just want to really focus on that before you even think about going out and chasing storms. Safety first, that's what it sounds like. That's Casey Herman. She's the expert when it comes to storm chasing. My name's Hudson, and I'm not the expert.